Welcome to the Great Snake audio literature series brought to you by Channel the Sun. Please follow us at Channel the Sun on Instagram. Tonight's show is produced by Kevin Grossman. You can follow him as well on Instagram at Kev Grossman. And I am your host, Taylor Cox. You can follow me if you'd like at Amnesia Poetry. So tonight is the first episode of this audio literature series. Um, It's designed to be a short story read-along to make all of these short stories that we create here at Channel the Sun more enjoyable for our readers and listeners. Tonight is chapter one, titled My Little Teepee on Pluto. It's a short story I wrote last week. Uh, None of these stories are particular in any chronological order for the series. Um, Each one is standalone, episodic, so you can join in any week and get a brand new experience. Uh, At the beginning of each show, we will be giving a brief rundown of the last week's episode and talking about the hidden metaphors, meaning, and messages behind the stories. But for tonight, you will receive none of that. So briefly, I'd like to just talk a little bit about what the Great Snake audio literature series means to me and why Channel the Sun and I decided that we were going to start it. Um, the Great Snake kind of started as a short piece I wrote called The Earth Consumes Me. And what I mean by that is that I wanted to put out into the world more than I could consume, whether it's art or writing. Um, But then that kind of morphed into this idea that there is something out there that envelops all, a metaphor of like a great snake, if you will, something that, you know, kind of devours all creation, all life, um, feel like we're always creating and we're always consuming. Um, This works for both material and non-material things, such as music and language, dance, art. I feel like we create and we consume constantly. And if we're able to find a balance between how much we put out with our creativity and how much we take in with our consumption, then we're probably on the right track to finding some type of balance in our life. So that's the whole idea behind the great snake. I also feel like the snake is a very misunderstood creature. I feel like um, a lot of us are. So um, I hope that through these strange metaphors and storytelling that we have on this literature series that um, we can play around with those ideas and change people's perception on everything. Anyway, so let's dive right in. Chapter one, My Little Teepee on Pluto. When I was four years old, my ancestors gave me a teepee. They helped me build it when I was young, and we would sit together under its blanket as they told me stories. Painted on the walls inside were drawings of ancient symbols and stars. There were little figures of cave people and wild beasts that were set up in hunting scenes throughout. My ancestors told me one thing when I was young I'll never forget. They said, this teepee is your little slice of life, and inside of this teepee 
It's your place. This is your private piece of land, and no one can ever take this away from you. My grandfather, he would always sit on my right, and as he'd tell stories, he'd turn to us when he spoke, and he would use his hands to make these spirit gestures as if he was hand-motioning some kind of sign language to ghosts or something. There was a kung fu type of connection he had to some ethereal thing I always felt. And sometimes I would get so distracted by watching his signals and his hand motions that I wouldn't listen to his stories at all. I was far too busy admiring the cracks and wrinkles in his old skin and just the way he was. I would spend a lot more time trying to learn his quote-unquote hula, if you will, than I was ever to try to decipher the meaning behind these elaborate stories that he shared. His cracks in his skin and his wrinkles were in a very strange way beautiful to me. And uh, as a young boy with no cracks and wrinkles in my skin, I was very jealous of how Father Time had grazed my grandfather with such a graceful, ageful charm. And I was a poor sport about how long that I would have to wait before I, too, had some cool old wrinkles. So he'd look at me sometimes while he was speaking, and he would send me a little wink as if saying, don't worry, you'll get your wrinkles, too, someday. He knew I admired him, and he saw something in me that I had yet to see in myself. He somehow saw what I would become. And I could tell by looking in his confident eye staring back at me, I felt that I too could become a great big spirit person like him if I learned the way, whatever that meant. But what he didn't tell me was that I would have to learn my own ghost sign language and I would have to form different wrinkles, not his and that it never really was about the stories told in that teepee. It was always, to me, about those little looks he would give me and that ethereal something or other that he was waving to. None of the speaking really mattered. The crown jewel to me of these teepee gatherings was the feeling that they would give me, the magic of these moments with my ancestors. That was how I felt when I admired his wrinkles and the magical willingness that he inspired in me to go out into the world when I got older and get my own wrinkles. So one day when I was a little older, maybe about 10, my ancestors, they packed their bags and left. Um, I guess they had to get back to the place they came. And in my living room sat that huge leather hide teepee. But being inside with them gone felt alone and just cold. I wasn't used to this kind of quiet. It was sad in a way. It was nice to think about the times when my family was there, telling tales and saying things about life I never knew, but now it was, it was up to me to find those things out on my own. And after a while, I got really bored sitting in my teepee alone, and uh, I could hear the kids yelling outside. It was very distracting. 
So I decided that I would go and run with them. And it was great out there, being young and outside of the house and being in the real world. I even, you know, stubbed my toes and got into a lot of fights and started to look down at my hands and look in my reflection and I started to get my own wrinkles. But when I would come home and look at my reflection in the mirror, I would see the time in my face and I just felt so good about how I was growing. And my grandpa always said, he said, as long as you have wrinkles in the corner of your eyes, that's a good thing. So one day, um, I asked my friends if they wanted to come inside and play in my teepee. I remember there was this one girl named Jade, and she was always mean to me, but in the spirit of my grandfather, I offered her an invitation to come and join my other friends inside my teepee as well. Good-spirited person I was, at least trying to be. So all my friends came inside, and Jade as well, and um, we sat under the teepee. Um, I felt so much pressure to try to entertain them. I tried to tell them a story that my great-grandfather told me, and it didn't go as planned, obviously. Um, most of my friends got really bored, and uh, they decided to leave. So we were all crawling out, and I was behind Jade as she was crawling out, and I saw that she had kicked the teepee, uh, what it looked like was purposely, and it knocked over my teepee. She said, oops, and I, you know, yelled back, you did that on purpose. She yelled back, prove it, and all my friends just ignored and ran outside and played, and she followed, and I just, to this day, don't understand why she kicked down my teepee, but there it was. It was laying on the floor. So for over an hour, while my friends were outside, I stayed inside and tried to rebuild this teepee of mine, but it was far too big for me to build on my own. I was only 10. I needed help. I wasn't strong enough. So when my mom came home from work, I asked her for her help, and she told me, you're a little too big for the teepee now, Taylor. Come on. Let's put it away, and we'll take it out for special occasions. I mean, I guess she was right. I hadn't played with it for a while. And all my other friends had stopped building forts many years ago. So I just decided that fitting in was a little bit more important. I remember I rolled up that leather teepee and stood it up in the closet as if I was, you know, about to close the door on it. And I smelt it one last time. The leather, the aroma of my family that was kind of stuck to this leather. And nothing to me in this world ever smelt like the teepee. When I closed my eyes and took in that fragrance, I could actually feel the thing that I would see when I looked at my grandfather and his wrinkles. I could feel the love in my heart about his relationship to that bigger thing. The smell was a mix of smoky, kind of dirty people. It just smelled like people who lived um, and it smelled like people that lived and they didn't try to wash the life off of themselves. Uh, it smelled like they, they let the life stay on them and form over time. Um, there was a richness, like years of moments compounded, creating like a marinated smell, almost too rich sometimes that I would become flooded with memories when I smelt it. 
It was like a, an explosion overload of feelings and thoughts when I would inhale the aroma. But it's funny because smell has a way of doing that, being a stargate. So I pushed the teepee back into the shadow of the corner and I closed the door. And it was 20 years that went by before I opened it again. When I left home as an adult, everything became very loud in the outside world. Everything moved very fast and all the people seemed to be in a race to get somewhere. But where were they going and what was the need for all of this loudness? It always seemed unnatural to me. Well, it wasn't until many years in hindsight that I came to the realization that nobody really knew where they were going. They were all confused about where they were going. And all that noise were people just trying to talk themselves and others into believing that they knew where they were going. But the truth is, is that deep down, I think we always knew that um, we were lost. And, um, you know, people just don't want to be lost by themselves. So many people spend their life just wandering around acting like they know where they're going just so that people would join them. I like to think that you can't really know where you need to go unless you really know what you want. And how do you know what you want if you don't know who you are? My great-grandfather saw in me who I was with his eyes gazing at me when I was young. Somewhere in that exchange, sitting in the teepee when I was a boy, that feeling anchored me in the realization of who I really was. And in those teepee moments so long ago, I had already forged the character of me. And right above, in the symbols and stars drawn on the canvas of that hide, in a way was all the stories of the universe. Chasing wrinkles of my own out in the real world as an adult was merely a step in the process of realization that the feeling of my great-grandfather's hula hands moving, that was who I was. So when I was 30, I had a eureka moment in my life, and all that loud noise of adulthood kind of settled quieted down. The thousands of traffic folks rushing and racing toward their lost places, it all just kind of slowed to a halt. And I knew what I really wanted and where I really wanted to go. We all like to think that we have a grasp on how things work in this world, but we don't. And the smugness of scientists makes me laugh sometimes because some things just cannot be explained. I came home when I was 30, and I went into that closet, and I pulled out the dusty old thing, the old teepee. I rolled it out on the carpet, and I sat down on top of it. My parents were gone that day, and I had the place to myself. It was really quiet inside the house. I was all alone with uh, this old teepee that meant so much to me. I took a deep breath, and when I breathed in, the smell of the old relic transported me back in time. I was a child again at the snap of a finger, just like that. 
And that's what I mean by smell being a stargate. Just that one smell immediately painted this visceral slap in the face picture of every moment that I had when I was a boy sitting next to my grandfather. It had been 20 years and I completely forgot what that feeling in my heart felt like. One smell took me right back. I fell to my back laying on the teepee and I cried. I was overwhelmed. These floodgates inside of me were opening and the ghosts, if you will, started to sing to me. They danced all around me. This waltz washed over me like molten. It dissolved my understanding of what this world is and cut me deeply with a truth. Cobwebs in my mind were cleared away in this moment and um, a lot of dark places inside me were kind of torched away by some flame. Lifetimes and generations of infinite stories and family memories are woven into the smell and the texture of this magic thing beneath me. The symbols and paintings on the walls of this living skin shelter kind of made more sense to me now as an adult. I looked up at the little drawing made of ash and it was a little house with a little family out front. A very old drawing, but I could clearly put out that there was a mother and a father and a baby. And the idea of a little family being around since the beginning of time made me feel at ease, like life was simple all of a sudden. Not boring, but plain, you know, simple path. And I closed my eyes and I thought about starting my own family. I took in a deep breath and I focused on the smell. I remembered grandpa. Now that I was older and now that I had wrinkles of my own, I felt like those wrinkles in a way could hold feelings and memories, almost like a dream catcher. Um, and I felt like being older now, I could remember this home feeling and take it with me. The warm tears squeezed out and kind of watered these wrinkles in the corners of my eyes. The best wrinkles a person can have, my grandpa would say. These kind of joy tears, I feel like they make you grow. Not tall, obviously, but, but deep. They fill these roots inside of us with these magical something or other that the, they light these dark places inside of us that have never seen light. And that light gives us vision to walk through portals and doors to break through personal boundaries that we never thought we could get through. I learned something that day when I was 30, sitting on that teepee. It dawned on me a great new truth of mine. If I just find a way to take the smell of this shelter with me everywhere I go... I could always have home. And if I had a photographic memory and all these beautiful works of art painted on the walls of this skin-high teepee, if I could just take that with me, I could always have home with me. And if I could just build some type of backpack where I could carry this teepee everywhere I went forever, 
then I could always, you know, pop it up and go inside and feel at home. Even if that was as far as Pluto, I could always have a little slice of land that was always my own. And then I realized in that moment that the teepee I'm talking about never existed ever. It was never real. It was just a figment of my imagination. And when my great-grandfather communicated to the spirit world with his mumbling stories, and I couldn't hear him because I was too busy looking at his hands, well, that was because he wasn't there. He wasn't talking. I was just young and listening to the wind and hearing the voices of passing ghosts and spirits. But sometimes children, they can hear those things from time to time. And those drawings that I imagined painted on animal hides up in the lofts of this teepee, those were actually my finger paintings and my sidewalk crayons and chalk drawings and causing a mess with my food and all that stuff. And above all else, the smell, well, that was just a memory of a feeling of being young and full of curiosity. So when I was 30, I realized that if I just closed my eyes and imagined myself in that teepee and that smell of being a boy and having wonder, to this day, I'll always have my private little slice of land everywhere I go, and I will know me. The end. <laughs>